exclusive debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is The Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day, but a very sad day, uh, because I think there are hundreds of millions of Americans, literally hundreds of millions, who believe that today uh, we've lost a friend. And that was, of course, the great Rush Limbaugh who passed into history today. And he will be part of history. And it doesn't matter whether you agreed with him or not, whether you thought he was enlightening America and uplifting America, which I believe most of his career he was, or whether you believe he was somehow just full of bombast and negativity. There's um, a sort of a sad note here in that regard. Uh, Jeremy and I were speaking earlier today. How long is it going to take before libs are going to uh, start bashing the late Rush Limbaugh? And um, the um, way that the Washington Post leads the obituary for Mr. Limbaugh, who died at 70 today, Rush Limbaugh, who deployed comic bombast and relentless bashing of liberals, feminists, and environmentalists to become the nation's most popular radio talk show host and lead the Republican Party into a politics of anger and obstruction, uh, died February 17th at 70. Uh, really? Is that what Rush was about, as anger and obstruction? What, what shocks me about so much of this, and I say this as somebody who does consider Rush a friend. Uh, we, we disagreed on occasion. I think everybody who listened to Rush would disagree with something, one thing or another. And people completely misunderstand that term ditto head, by the way. I can need to speak to you about that. But one of the things about Rush that I think meant that he estimated, and I, I know this because of personal conversation with him, that a fourth to a third of his listeners disagreed with everything he said. They just liked the conversation. And again, in this country, if you're a patriot, then you believe that more conversation, more engagement, more involvement with politics is a good thing. It's a good thing for people to talk about stuff Yes, even beyond professional sports, though, of course, Rush loved professional sports. But but politics is the very bloodstream of this society. It's what keeps us alive. It preserves the republic. And the fact is that because of Rush and his creation, really, of the entire industry of talk radio, because of that, we have a great deal more engagement discussion about issues that really do matter. Let me let me just say a couple of things very personally. And obviously I feel this personally as someone who has been blessed enough, I, I won't say lucky, blessed enough to have survived serious cancer. I had stage three throat cancer, as people know, diagnosed in uh, the very beginning of uh, 2015. And I'm much better. I'm fine. I went through terrible treatment. And I guess even though the lung cancer diagnosis that Rush experienced last year is far more dire 
there were so many of us, I think including Rush himself, who believed as he had beaten so many other health challenges, including challenges to his hearing. At one point he said he was completely deaf, and then he got the cochlear implants, and he was able to transcend that. Do you know what it means to try to do a radio show and to interact so well with callers when you can't hear what they're saying? The... um. Just a, the, the personal note here, and, and I, I know that um, uh, I, I, this is one day where it's important to speak personally and very directly. I wouldn't be doing this job if it weren't for Rush. I, um, I, I, was, I had worked before in television. I'd done 12 years as co-host of Sneak Previews on public television. But the first time I ever sat behind a radio microphone. It was the golden EIB microphone in New York City. I had uh, done a book, it was a bestseller, called Hollywood versus America, about the assault of the entertainment industry and some of the perverse values in the entertainment industry that were actually even working against the success of that industry. And this was much discussed. I was much attacked, much ridiculed. And uh, I was thrilled to get a call out of the blue from uh, James Golden, who is Bo Snerdly, who is Russia's longtime producer, who, of course, is in Morning Today, who's been a frequent guest on our show. And, and he said, uh, I, I, I'm calling from the Rush Limbaugh show. Um, we are starting a newsletter would you like to do an interview with a newsletter? It was the Limbaugh Letter, which is really most the success, one of the most successful newsletters of its kind. I said, I'd love to. And uh, it was about my book and about the problems with Hollywood and the attempts of some people on the conservative side, and particularly the religious conservative side, to make some inroads in Hollywood. And we did the interview. I believe it was the second, it may have been the third, but it was right at the beginning when they were starting the Limbaugh letter in 1992. And, um, and then after that, they, uh, they called me. And they had gotten a very good response on the Limbaugh letter. And he said, uh, would you like to guest host for Rush sometime? Now, this was... <laughs> It's such a dream, you know, I mean, because, again, I'd done lots of TV. I've been a guest on many, many radio talk shows with with my books. But hosting a show was something completely different. And I had become addicted to listening to Rush's show a couple of years before. And I remember somebody told me about it. Actually, it was in synagogue. Somebody told me about, hey, there's this guy, Rush Limbaugh. He's crazy, but he's really funny, and he's really smart, and he's really right. you got to listen to him. And um, so I did. And, yes, I was thrilled. And so the first time I ever hosted a talk radio show was guest hosting for Rush. I went on. I, I, uh, I counted it up. It, it was more than 30 times that I was a guest host for Rush. And then when I started my own show which was in uh, July 31st, 1996, my very first caller was Rush Limbaugh. And that was kind of a surprise that he had set up with Bo Snerdly and with my producer at the time, 
guy named uh, Jeremy Steiner, Brian of Hillsdale College. Because, see, this is something else that people don't know about Rush that I, I do need to tell you. Is Rush treated the people who worked with him as family. There are lots and lots of people in media. Uh, one of my former producers at Sneak Previews went on to become a producer for Oprah Winfrey. Oprah is notorious. She recycles through people. I mean, I, I think she's a great lady. She's established a great... But she was not the easiest to deal with. Rush, when, when it came to uh, Bo Snerdly and Kit Carson, may he rest in peace, Rush had these permanent working relationships that I always thought, if I ever get the chance to run my own show, and I do, that's what I want. I, I, I want to build on working relationships, not constantly bickering with people and replacing them one after another. That was one aspect of him. And I, I think it might be worth sharing with you, which I will do in a moment. And by the way, if, if you want to call up on this Ash Wednesday with any reflections, uh, you can. 1-800-955-1776. When we come back, the two pieces of advice that Rush gave me before I started my own show. We'll get to that and more coming up on The Medved Show. You're listening to The Mighty. You're the best radio. So many comments, uh, some including live comments from uh, former President Trump that he made today. Of course, he honored Rush last January, not January of 2021, January of 2020, with the Medal of Freedom, and which was a great moment. He Rush was there with his wife, Catherine, and Melania Trump put the Medal of Freedom on him. I, I was going to mention to you that when I let off my radio show, having again guest hosted for Rush many times, I, um, uh, he was kind enough to call me before I went on. And then as a surprise, he ended up being my first caller. That was been set up by, by Dan and Jeremy, my producers. And um, what, what happened is when he spoke to me before, I said, <laughs> Rush, Rush, do you have some advice for me? What sh what should I do? Uh, because I was excited about it and thrilled about it, and it was a great opportunity, and I wanted to make the most of it. He said two things, and these are two things that I remember all the time. Number one, he said, be yourself. He said there are people in this business who pretend to be somebody they're not, who pretend to be something they're not. There was, at that time even, a moderately well-known, very conservative host who actually, to this day, gives all of his money, political money, to liberals and Democrats. And, again, this has not had the same kind of enduring success that Rush Limbaugh has done. If you listen to the radio, you knew Rush. I, I will t tell you this, that off air, he is kinder and was kinder and more generous and 
more intellectually curious than you might even think. A, a genuinely sweet guy. And his idea that you have to be yourself, you can't play a part on air and be enduringly successful, I think is true. Because when people are listening to you on a regular basis, they're listening to you because on one level or another, they at least trust in your sincerity. The second thing he said, and this is so crucial and honest to God, there are many people in talk radio who don't get this. He said, don't ever confuse the callers with the audience. And I said, Rush, what do you mean? And he said, the people who call are really, really motivated. And they're a tiny fragment of the audience. Uh, the statistics, and I found these statistics after this conversation, what they call P1s in radio, the people who listen every day, people used to come in rush rooms. Uh, of those people, fewer than 1% ever, ever have called a talk radio show. I bet there are people listening now to listening to this show right now who listen to my show and other shows who've never called in. And by the way, a lot of them female. There is the idea that because most of the callers to talk radio are male, that no women listen. Not true. It's just women have less of that need to um, go on the air and, and argue. And I thought, okay, this is brilliant. He said the, the callers do not represent the audience. And, and part of what he was saying was the audience is much more varied. The people who disagree with you are often going to need encouragement to get them to call in. I thought uh, that was insightful and important. And like so much uh, where I feel gratitude toward Rush, may he rest in peace. May his memory be a blessing. I, um, I feel grateful for that insight and advice. Uh, let's go to uh, Richard in Kent, Washington. Richard, you're on the Medved Show. Michael, hello. Uh, you just hey. described me. I'm one of the that tiny fragment of 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 your audience that enjoys you immensely. But this is my first time calling you after following your career since it began here locally in Seattle. And I remember the when you guest hosted for Rush and you did such a wonderful job. Uh, it was a thrill that to when you uh, then chose that path for yourself. So you inspired me to call in today. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate it very much. I, um, um, I remember that formulation. People would say long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> and 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 let me I appreciate you as a long time listener, first time caller. I, I remember a wonderful story. My friend Bill Bennett, who uh, used to have a very fine radio show. Uh, when he started his radio show, it was after I had been doing radio for some years. So we talked about we talked about it. And he told me the story that his very first caller wasn't Rush, it was his wife. And um, she called up, uh, hey, Bill, a longtime listener, first-time caller, and which is kind of funny in the context of being somebody's wife. The, the one thing is, Richard, do you know the origins of the term ditto head? Well, I believe it was just people that uh, rather than 
you know, go through the how much they appreciated Rush and uh, go through that whole thing, they would just say, uh, you know, dittos or that, that sort of thing. Is that it? That's exactly right. You got it right. Or mega dittos. In other words, I'm yeah. reading the, the uh, obituary to Rush in the Washington Post. They're completely wrong. They say ditto heads were people who uh, felt that they every pearl of wisdom they supported, they agreed with Rush completely. They basically said uh, whatever Rush says, we, we don't differ with it one bit. That's that's not it at all. No. Is what used to happen is people would call in and say, Rush, I love you. You're so important. You're so great. And he would say, look, let's not waste time hours a day. Let's go directly to the substance of your call. Just say dittos. And then people say dittos or mega dittos. But what they were doing was cutting to substance away from the praise, which Rush never felt that he needed. And he didn't. There's a tweet from Richard Lowry of National Review. He says, liberals who didn't listen to Rush and just read the Media Matters accounts never understood how funny he really was. What set him off from his many imitators was how wildly entertaining he was and the absolutely unbreakable bond he formed with his listeners and with his staff and with his personal friends because he was an extraordinarily kind and uh, generous man. Um, more on that uh, and some quotes from Rush and some background you may not know. Uh, you, again, can call with your own recollections. Do you recall how you first heard about the Rush Limbaugh show or about this phenomenal development called conservative talk radio? 1-800-955-1776 is our phone number. We'll be right back. I love your show. It is the only thing that makes commuting worthwhile for me. I'm a long-time listener. For On the uh, Michael Medved show, the, uh, the idea that Rush Limbaugh... Laura and I are sorry to learn that Rush Limbaugh has passed away. A son of Cape Girardeau, Missouri, Rush rose as a pioneer of talk radio starting in the 1980s and was a friend throughout my presidency. While he was brash, at times controversial, and always opinionated, he spoke his mind as a voice for millions of Americans and approached each day with gusto. As he battled hearing loss and cancer late in life, he was sustained by the support of friends and family, his love of sports and rock and roll, and his belief in God and country. Rush Limbaugh was an indomitable spirit with a big heart, and he will be missed. I, I don't think anyone can possibly disagree with that, can you? 1-800-955-1776. Jim in Portland, Oregon, you're on the Medved Show. Oh, thanks, Michael. Um, the way I remember um, Rush Limbaugh is that it seemed like he had a, a good relationship with uh, Tom Snyder, uh, who also had a radio show at the time. And I think the starting times were 10 hours apart. And Tom referred to him as Uncle Rush, 
and it was kind of a a good nature thing, just a tiny bit of barb. It's like, oh, you're at the kitchen table, but try and get in a word edgewise with Uncle Rush. It was kind of tough, but it was a very good relationship. And uh, I, I mean, they, they'd say nice things about each other, each on his own show about the other. And um, I think Rush, uh, what he did for daytime cock radio, what Larry King did for nighttime cock radio, it uh, it's sort of... Um, um, That's exactly it, right. We were remembering Larry King, who um, I met him when he was still the Prince of Darkness, and he had that nighttime yeah. show, and he always broadcast from a completely darkened studio with just those little lights flashing on the board when calls would be coming through, and it was very dramatic. But one of the things about Rush, of course, was he introduced political content, which Larry King never had until he did his show on CNN. Um, and he had a whole big part of his career on Mutual Radio Network, etc. Before that, we still had the Fairness Doctrine. And see, this is part of the history. I actually have a commentary magazine article in the brand new commentary, the March commentary that's coming out about that book that we did on the air called The Radio Right. The Fairness Doctrine used to exist. That would have made Rush's career impossible. The reason that talk radio got started was not just Rush's talent. It was Reagan's genius and leadership because getting rid of the Fairness Doctrine, the Fairness Doctrine used to say that if you had on an hour of conservative talk radio, you had to balance it on the same station with an hour of liberal radio. And this could be on various issues. If you ever criticize someone, and it didn't even have to be untrue criticism, if you criticize someone under the Fairness Doctrine, you had to give them notice that you had done so with a full con uh, and, and give them a chance to respond. Now, this is government interference. This is a violation of the First Amendment, it seems to me. It's government telling you what you can and can't say on private media. And the fact that we were liberated from that allowed Rush, who had gotten his start, of course, in top 40 radio, spinning the hits, it allowed him to do a political show. And it was novel that people would listen. I remember when my friend, his name was Saul, told me, oh, you got to listen to this guy. He's crazy. It's amazing. He really rips the liberals. He really goes after them. But he's really funny and he's really smart. And, and, and you know what? He... he he was, and he could do that because of the liberation of talk radio. Uh, Jim, thank you for your call. Uh, let's go to Nick in Los Angeles. Nick, okay, uh, well, no, that's, that's not on. So one of the things that was an experience I'll never forget is going to, I had a speaking engagement at Southeast Missouri State University which was Russia's alma mater. And uh, Rush had only spent a semester. He completed a semester at Southeast Missouri State University in Cape Girardeau, his hometown. And I remember when I came into Cape Girardeau, going to the center of town, it's the Rush H. Limbaugh Highway. Still is. And I was talking to um, somebody said, wow, it's great you named a street after Rush. He said, oh, no, no, it's not that Rush Limbaugh. It's his grandfather. 
And his grandfather had been a member of the state legislature, a distinguished jurist. Rush's whole family, including his brother David and his father and his grandfather and a cousin and another uncle, they're all lawyers and really distinguished lawyers. So Rush was the black sheep of the family. And I remember after my talk at this university, an older guy came up to me. He said, um, uh, you know who I am? I said, no, I, I don't. I, we haven't met before. And I said, no. He says, he says, I'm the damn fool that gave Rush Limbaugh a failing grade in communications class and got him to drop out of college. And it was a faculty member from that Southeast Missouri State University. And it made me think of what Aaron Burr says in the musical Hamilton, and I'm the damn fool who shot him. Um, now, he didn't shoot Rush. Uh, he just helped Rush shoot to worldwide influence and, and fame. And what did he do with that? What he did with that is he kept working. And when you think about him working through his cancer, working through his hearing loss and then trying to come back from it, working through all kinds of back issues, that uh, working through the, the opioid addiction issue that he talked about very publicly and courageously, what kept him working? I mean, given the amount of of money that he had made, the amount of money he'd given away to the Marine Corps Law Enforcement Foundation, particularly to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Telethon, and I was always particularly sympathetic to that because I lost my dad to lymphoma and my mom to leukemia. And with all of that, he kept working because he believed in this medium. And... Uh, it's it's one of those things that I think about all the time. And, of course, when I was sick, I also tried to keep broadcasting through throat cancer, which isn't easy and didn't work that well. I had to take 11 weeks off. We will be right back uh, with more of your calls and more recollections and tributes to the great and irreplaceable Rush Limbaugh. Many people own corn. On the Michael Medved show, uh, one of the things that Rush said, and it's a quote that is, of course, rattling around out there because of his passing today. And passing was announced by his wife, Catherine. And he said, um, it's impossible to go through life not offending people. All you have to do is basically have an opinion on anything, and you're going to offend people. And I, I guess part of what is striking about that quote, aside from the fact that it's obviously true, and it obviously leads into the way a lot of us feel about uh, the fact that there is no right not to be offended. I mean, one of the things that um, that is great about a republic with a First Amendment protection is uh, that you have no right 
uh, to es- escape offense. You have a right to be offended. You have a right to express that offense. You have uh, an advice to live through it. Um, his wife, Catherine, made uh, the following announcement. For over 32 years, Russia's cherished you, his loyal audience, and always look forward to every single show. It is with profound sadness I must share with you directly that our beloved Rush, my wonderful husband, passed away this morning due to complications from lung cancer. And uh, again, the work ethic and the commitment to the ideas that he put forward uh, and the commitment to his bond with his audience was one of those things that kept him going back to work, despite all of the health issues and all of the difficulties and all of the challenges. Uh, The former president of the United States, George W. Bush, offered his tribute in writing. President Trump actually who has been silent for a long time other than his attack yesterday on Mitch McConnell, which I guess we will talk about later on. But um, former President Trump did call in to Fox News to talk about the Limbaugh legacy. And uh, here's part of what he had to say. This is clip 5A. It was a unique guy, and he was a, a, he became a friend of mine. You know, I didn't know Rush at all. I had essentially never met Rush and then when we came down the escalator, he liked my rather controversial speech. I made that speech that was a little bit on the controversial side, and he loved it. And he was, without ever having met him or talked to him or, you know, had lunch with him or asked him, he was with me right from the beginning. And he liked what I said, and he agreed with what I said. And he was just a great gentleman, great, great man. He's certainly right about that, but it's not true that Rush was with him right from the beginning. Rush was a supporter of Ted Cruz at the beginning of the campaign in 2016. And he said on air several times that President Trump was no conservative. Now, of course, he became a very, very loyal, enthusiastic supporter of President Trump. But uh, President Trump went on talking about Rush Limbaugh. This is clip 5B. Listen. Think back about five years ago, you don't strike me as his kind of guy back then. What changed? Well, I don't know. You know, you never know about people. I like some people that nobody would think I like, and I dislike some people that everybody <laughs> would say, oh, that's, that's a natural. We know, we all know about that, right? Uh, I mean, you never know who you like and who you don't like or, or, you know, where it all ends up. But right from the beginning, he was so great. And you know, and I, I have a, a very beautiful weakness. I always seem to like people that like me, okay? You know, it's much easier. When they don't like me, I tend not to go for them so much. So call that a strength yeah. or call that a weakness, but, but that's the way it is. But Rush yeah. was so gracious and so great. So then over a period of time, I got to know him, and uh, he loved this country. He loved the country. He loved his wife and his family, and he loved his fans, his, his audience, which was, I think, Maybe the biggest ever. There's never been anything like it. And uh, that's that's emphatically true. 
and an audience year after year after year, uh, keeping uh, keeping touch with life and the life around us by uh, by checking out the opinions of Rush Limbaugh. Let me mention something else because this actually goes to one of the fundamental questions, one of the most frequently questioned, frequently asked questions I get. You know, the most frequently asked question I get all the time: What's your favorite movie of all time? Which <laughs> is just kind of a silly question. It's tough for me to say what's my favorite movie this week sometimes. But in any event, one of the questions people ask is, why did liberal talk radio never succeed? Why is it that talk radio, which was really established, particularly on the AM dial by Rush Limbaugh in the late 80s, why was that always dominated by conservatives? And the attempts to have some kind of liberal show to challenge it, I'll, I'll tell you why. Here's a secret. Russia's books, the way things ought to be, and see, I told you so, um, are books about conservatism. They're books about him. They're books about his struggle against the odds, having flunked communications at Southeast Missouri State University in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, about being the black sheep in the family, uh, about getting into political commentary in a very roundabout way, not a way that was expected. But there, there are also books about ideals and American ideals. And the big book for the liberal hope to be the alternative Rush Limbaugh, the alternative Rush Limbaugh was supposed to be Al Franken. Yeah, that's Al Franken before the U.S. Senate. He had a show on what was called Air America, which in Air America fell down out of the air very quickly. It crashed and burned. It was an attempt to provide a liberal alternative to the Rush Limbaugh talk radio crew. And here's why it failed. When Al Franken had his first bestseller, you know what it was called? Rush Limbaugh is a big fat idiot. No, that was the title of the book. And I'm sorry, this is, okay, to liberal diehards, and, and basically it, it focused on Rush Limbaugh's weight and the fact that he had a weight problem, which of course is ironic. I mean, uh, Al Franken himself has never been a particular picture of health, I don't think. But uh, this idea that the way you succeed is by only running down the opposition. And uh, Al, Al Franken followed that book up with another book called Lying Liars and the Lies They Tell and the Lies... They, and that was a largely an attack on Mr. O'Reilly. Uh, that idea is part of the difference because what people don't get who didn't listen to Rush, who never listened to Rush, how optimistic he was. And that is the American tradition. If you go back to de Tocqueville, Alexis de Tocqueville toured the United States in the 1830s. And he wrote Democracy in America, these famous two volumes about what was unique and what was different about America. And one of the things he said was most different about America. And it's something, my God, that conservatives have to revive and to cherish and to hold on to, particularly as conservatives, is I am not a victim. That you don't allow yourselves to be victimized. You don't allow yourselves to be obsessed with grievance. You don't allow yourself to be obsessed with negativity. Even if life, God, deals you a tough hand, like losing your hearing as Rush did, 
like having lung cancer at the end. It's, it's optimism. And the optimism is crucial. And it is all American. Uh, um, Americans, patriotic Americans, are not victims. They're not people. People who are more grateful are Americans than griping. Uh, Rush also had this to say. And it's a quote. Life is busy, he said. There are daily concerns and obligations that have to be met and to take time to think about how precious and special a human life is, that you only get one, and that every wasted minute is lost. You can't get it back. But part of what we can take back are some lessons from uh, this talent on loan from God. Also, how prophetic is that? Now the uh, loan is repaid, and it's repaid if we, if we take it seriously. And uh, do everything possible to sustain a vision, a commitment, and a reality of this greatest nation on God's green earth.